Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Well, good morning, Cornerstone Vineyard Church. You might be asking yourself, did Matt do something different with his hair, or did he get a new shirt for this Sunday? Uh, And let me assure you that no, he did not. My name is Michael Porman. I'm Matt's better-looking twin brother, and I'm excited to be with you today as we continue in our series uh, called Breakthrough. Uh, You know, we have been working for about a year or so to try to find a date for me to come and to teach uh, at Cornerstone. And uh, with this stay-at-home order in the state of Illinois, I have not been able to be with you. Uh, But I do want to say that uh, I'm excited to be here and I'm grateful to Matt uh, for extending the invitation for me to come and teach with you. And uh, I am in the western suburbs of Chicago. My wife and I, Allison, and our two kids uh, live in Carroll Stream. And the church that I work at is Parkview Community Church in Glen Ellen. And uh, I have uh, gotten to serve there over the last six years in children's ministry and now just recently became uh, the Connection Pastor. And um, as I said earlier, uh, I'm excited to be here. And just once again, if Matt hasn't already told you, I am the better looking uh, twin. He'll deny it but I am uh, the better looking uh, twin. So uh, I'm glad to be with you digitally today and I'm glad to be able to continue in this series uh, called Breakthrough, Avoiding What's Simply Permissible and Living Free. And so to get us started today, we're gonna start just like Matt often does with a bit of a clip. Uh, And so I want you to take a look at this. My name is Kim and I'm a pharmaceutical sales representative. My house is um, very claustrophobic. It's smothering because of the fact that I can't move around in it. My name is Danielle, and I am one of Kim's good friends. She's gotten very good at masking what's behind her front door. My name is Dr. Scott Hannon. I'm a clinical psychologist and I specialize in anxiety disorders. I work with obsessive compulsive disorder and issues around compulsive hoarding. At first, this was looking like more of a crisis about lack of organization around work. As we were moving along, we saw more. You know, we found an entire rack of clothes that still had tags on that she hadn't actually worn. There's a limit. Kim doesn't understand that. She thinks because she has four closets, she needs to fill them up with clothes and shoes. When in doubt, throw it out. Now, I don't know about you, but that uh, video uh, stresses me out. Uh, My family would tell you that I am a clean freak, and the thought of having uh, papers and and things stashed away and piling up in rooms is definitely not something that describes me. But uh, this idea of hoarding uh, is is fascinating to me because uh, it's this idea of gathering all of these things and keeping them uh, for ourselves. 
And so uh, it's an interesting idea, and I think it helps us continue in this series that we are talking about today, uh, this idea of breakthrough, avoiding what's simply permissible, and then leaving free, right? That, that woman in that video, uh, she was on that show because she wasn't living free, right? She, she was kind of stuck in this, this pattern and couldn't uh, get out of it. And so the title of the message today that we're going to talk about uh, is a topic that everybody wants to talk about, right? And that is greed. And so the title of our, of our talk today is Greed, Having Everything Can Mean Having Nothing. Having Everything Can Mean Having Nothing. And that's an interesting paradox that we're going to unpack together today. And so uh, before we get started, I'd like to pray. So if you would, would you join me and let's pray together. God, we thank you uh, for this morning, and we thank you for technology that allows us to connect with each other, uh, even miles and miles apart. And so, God, I pray that you would be be present in this time with us this morning. Uh, God, that you would, uh, as Matt often says, make us supernaturally sticky so, so things stick to us today. And that, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would move in this place and you would use these words and you would move in these words uh, that I say today that allows some kind of life transformation in those uh, that are viewing this today. Uh, And so we praise you and we thank you and we give this time to you and we ask for you to show up because, God, without you, none of this would, would make much of a difference. And so, God, we pray and ask for you to be here today and do something in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Uh, You can use uh, a a regular Bible like I have here. Uh, You can use your smartphone, uh, or you can go to the Bible app. Uh, If you search for live events on there uh, and search for Cornerstone uh, Vineyard Church, you'll find notes and scriptures and all of that in there. And so we invite you uh, to join in uh, there. But I'm going to start by reading uh, Luke chapter 2, and that's starting in uh, verse 15. Uh, We're going to do 15 uh, through 21. And so uh, this is what uh, Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 15 says. He says, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. Jesus was often uh, notorious for telling stories, right? These parables to help us all uh, get the point. So he tells this parable. He says, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, Ah, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up uh, for myself. And you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. So take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This, and this is Jesus' point, he said, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. 
And so I love these, these verses, and, and again, this topic of greed, uh, as, we're, as we're talking about today, uh, having everything can mean having nothing. And that's true, I think, for this, uh, this parable that Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 12. You know, I, I love this, this parable because it comes from the voice and the, and the mouth and the lips of Jesus. Uh, and I, I think uh, one of the pastors I like to follow says, uh, if, if he says it, it's worth following and worth doing, right? Uh, and so we have some things to unpack in the scripture today. Uh, and I want to just walk through some of them together. Uh, this, the verse 15 says, Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. So right there, we need to take note. Jesus said, be on guard. Means we have to be careful. We have to be on watch. We have to be aware and watch out for greed because I think Jesus knew that the idea of money and possessions and storing up things was going to be hard for us as human beings. And so uh, I think that's the first thing to know is that Jesus says, be on guard. But then I love the second part of that statement. He says, life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And man, I don't know about you, but the American dream, right, says we can have it all. We can have the, uh, the, 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 the big house with the big white picket fence and the two and a half kids and a dog and all of that. And we can have the boat and we can have the, 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 the pool and we can, and not all of those things are bad. But this is what Jesus is reminding us of in this scripture in Luke chapter 12. And I think it's good as we think about greed and we think about this idea that we started with of hoarding, that life is not about an abundance of possessions. It all belongs to God anyway, right? It's not our stuff. God just gives it to us for a little while to steward. And I think we all know that. But man, is it hard to put into practice when we live here in the West and we live in the United States and we live right here as you all are in Indiana and I'm in Illinois. It's hard for us because we, we want and we want that nice new kitchen and we want that nice new car and we want that big plasma screen TV and the new wardrobe and all of those things. But Jesus continues to remind us that life does not consist and of, a, of an abundance of possessions. And we're going to unpack a little bit more about that uh, today. And so he goes on and he tells uh, this parable. He said, uh, there's this ground uh, of a certain rich man and it yielded an abundant harvest. And I think that's interesting, right? There's this, this field he owns and it's an abundant harvest, which means he has more than he needs. And we'll come back to that in, an idea, in, in just that idea in just a couple of minutes. But he, it yields an abundant harvest. And then the guy thought to himself, like I think many of us sometimes think, oh, what shall I do with all of this stuff? I don't have enough room for my stuff. So I'll buy more. I'll rent more storage. I'll keep more things. I'll hoard more for myself. Right? And, and, and the reality is, is that Jesus says, mm, that's maybe not the best way to go about it. Right? He says, this guy asked, what shall I do? I'll, I'll have no place to store my crops. And then he thought, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll tear down my barns. I have good barns. I'll tear them down. 
and I'll build bigger ones and then I'll have enough to store my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, hey, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. So now take it easy. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And by the way, let me stop here and say, this idea of take life easy, eat, uh, easy, eat drink, and be merry. Uh, listen, it's totally fine to relax. It's totally fine to... I think that God wants us to have moments of rest and rejuvenation and go on vacations and all of that. But here's the deal. This idea of take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. What could, you be, what could we, what could this guy have been doing differently with his life rather than take, taking time to tear down his old barns, put new barns up, and then take it easy? And we're going to talk in just a minute. I keep doing a little bit of a radio tease of what we're going to talk about in just a minute of what we could be and what I think God says we should be doing with our time and our resources. Because God goes on to say, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded for you, from you. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? He's basically saying it's going to be a waste of your time and energy and resources. There's a better way to live. And so Jesus goes on and he makes this point and he says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And I love the way it says that, rich toward God. Not rich in God, right? God blesses us in our relationship with him and there's richness and fullness, right? Jesus said he wants us to have life and life to the full. And I think that's all of those things, all those blessings from his time and his love and his mercy and his grace towards us. But he's saying here, but that's the way it's going to be for those who are not rich toward God. And that's an action. There's an actionable thing there. God desires us to be rich toward him, and that means toward his people and the things of his heart. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that right now. The, the reality is, is that I think this idea of being rich towards God is the idea of the difference between needs and wants. This idea of giving versus getting, or what we're talking about today, this idea of generosity versus greed. And so what, what I think uh, Jesus might be saying here is this idea of, a, of, a, of kingdom economics. It's a phrase that I learned at my, my last church that I was a part of in, in Indiana. This idea of kingdom economics. Now, you might be saying, well, what are kingdom economics? Well, let me define economics for you. First, economics, in its most basic term, is the financial practices of a household. The financial practices of a household. That's economics. That's for you and for me and our household. That's true for a, a city and a municipality, for a government. It's, there's an economics in the way that we handle uh, and the way we do our financial practices. It makes me think, and you might have wondered why I have this game of Monopoly. And this is ours. We've even branded it with our name uh, right here for the Pormans. But it's this idea of economics is Monopoly. And did you know that Monopoly is the best 
selling board game worldwide for all time. And I find that very interesting as we're talking about the idea of greed. Because the, the idea and the goal of monopoly is to bankrupt everyone else. Right? To hoard all the money, to be greedy, to have it all for ourselves, and everybody else has none. But I don't think that the idea of monopoly or uh, just even just the, the definition of economics is what God wants for us because Jesus said, right, that that's not what we should do. He says that was this, to this guy in this story, in this parable, that uh, that's how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves and is not rich toward God. See, he doesn't, God doesn't want us to store up everything and hoard everything for ourselves and bankrupt everybody else and keep it all so that we can have hordes and hordes and loads and loads of money and stuff and possessions. That's not what God wants for us and from us. God wants us to use kingdom economics. Now, when we talk about kingdom, we talk about things like in Matthew 4, 17, where he says, from that time on, Jesus began to uh, preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Or in Mark 1, 15, he says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Or one of my favorite verses, Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. You see, when we talk about the kingdom economics, when we talk about the kingdom, we're talking about God's kingdom, the reign of Jesus, the reign of God. And let's be honest, the kingdom of God is everywhere, right? And so if we take this idea of economics, of monopoly, right, this, this financial practices of a household, and what we see maybe in the world, versus what we think this scripture is telling us in Luke 12 about kingdom economics, here's the definition of kingdom economics. Kingdom economics is the financial practices that are in line with the heart and purposes of God. Let me say that again. Kingdom economics are financial practices that are in line with the heart and purposes of God. And so what does that mean for you and for me? It means that Jesus wants us not to store up in barns our abundance of a harvest, but God wants us to use what he has given us for his kingdom purposes, right? Because he says that life is not an, in an abundance of possessions. And that includes our money and our stuff and the things we use every single day. And so what that means is, is that we have to budget for generosity. Here's the deal. We, we don't have to... Uh, we don't have to practice greed, okay? 
It comes natural to us as human beings. In a fallen world where sin uh, is real and it, it, it sometimes uh, takes over and is, is hard and we, we're, in a, we're in a battle against sin, we are naturally bent towards being greedy. It's true. We, 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 we do that even since we're young kids of saying, it's mine, it's mine, right? So here's what we have to do. We have to be disciplined and we have to budget towards generosity. I know this is true for, for Matt and Leah as well, but uh, they've gone through as well as my wife and I have, the Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. And I will tell you, uh, before we went through this, I thought there's no way that I'm going to be able uh, to give this amount of money or to save this or do all these baby steps that he talks about uh, in his program. But can I tell you what happened? My wife and I went through this course and we budgeted and we, we gave every dollar a name and we said, this is what we're going to do with it and all of that. And we found eight hundred dollars a month that we were wasting away on things that were not kingdom purposes. Can you, can I talk to you about how convicting that was, but also how freeing it was. It allowed us to be financially free to give towards the things of God or to, to help out in this situation. And here's where the real reality comes, right? This idea of of that uh, it's not about storing up more for our abundance and those kind of things. And, and we have to get the idea that it's not just about uh, uh, storing up more or having more really greed, but it's more about generosity. And here's the question I want to ask you. When we budget for it, when we plan for it, when we give every dollar a name, when we use the money that God has given us as, and we see ourselves as good stewards of that, not that we're owners of that, we ask this question, and that is, do you want, at the end of your life, do you want more stories or do you want more stuff? Do you want more stories or do you want more stuff? And I would, uh, my guess is, that most of us would say, we want more stories. We want to be used by God to do amazing things in this world, to change the lives of people around us. I know that's true for me. And let me tell you a couple of stories. So uh, I, I was thinking about this, and, and apparently uh, 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 board games are on my mind today, but I was thinking about when I first experienced this in my life. And I was in elementary school, maybe eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. And I remember a friend of mine at school, his name was David. And David shared with me at school one day around Christmas that he wasn't going to get any presents for Christmas. He wasn't going to get anything. And I was so struck by that and I was so sad. And I remember coming home from school and I told my mom about it in tears because I was like, how can somebody not have Christmas presents on Christmas Day? And I will tell you that that year was, uh, was a year that the, the, the board game Mousetrap. Do you remember Mousetrap? The, the board game Mousetrap, I don't know if it just came out, but we, it was something that I, I know we were asking for, I was asking for for Christmas. And... I wanted it so bad. 
And I will tell you that I came home that day and I, I said to my mom, hey, I, I think we need to give Mousetrap to David. And we did. And it was an amazing experience to be able to hand him that gift and say, hey, you have a Christmas present. It's this idea of more stories. I didn't need that game. But now I have a story about how God used me to impact the life of someone else. I also want to tell you about one of my colleagues uh, that I work with. Uh, he uh, he and, uh, and I are running uh, uh, together. We, we run and he's, a, he's training for a half marathon that we're going to run actually uh, here in May. And uh, he started out two years ago uh, when I ran the Chicago Marathon. I'm running it again uh, this year. Uh, but we run with Team World Vision. And World Vision is an organization uh, that, that brings clean water uh, to all people all around the world. And uh, so my, my friend Andy uh, started and said, yeah, hey, I'm going to run the marathon. And realized that 26.2 miles is a very long way to run. Uh, but I will tell you what happened. This idea of budgeting for generosity. He and his wife uh, follow good uh, financial practices and they have a line in their budget uh, to give away every single month. And so although he didn't and wasn't able to do the Chicago Marathon that year, I'm working on him for this year, uh, he was able to donate to my page, my wife's fundraising page, and multiple other runners who ran from our church on that team in 2018. And he did it again in 2019. And I know he's going to do it again this year because he budgets for it. And he would tell you, he would say, I'm not a runner. And running out on the trail and trying to run a marathon was miserable. But can I tell you, he tells me every single time he gets to donate to someone else's fundraising page that it just lights him up inside and brings him so much joy. And he has a story to tell of how many kids he's helped fund clean water for over the last three years as we've been running and walking for clean water. And it's something that brings him joy to do. Likewise, uh, this last uh, February, uh, we as a church did something new uh, with World Vision. Uh, they're one of our key partners at Parkview. And uh, we did a program called Chosen. Now, Chosen is, uh, is kind of flipping the script on the child sponsorship uh, that you might see of, a, of sponsoring a kid in Africa. Basically, what they do is they come into your church uh, which they did for us in February, and they said, hey, we're going we're gonna, to uh, take your picture, if you're willing, and we're going to ask you to sponsor a kid. But here's the deal. We're, yes, you're going to do a payment each month, and yes, you're going to have a relationship with that kid, but you're not going to choose your sponsor kid. We're going to take your picture, and then we're going to fly your pictures over to Uganda, we're going to set up a tent where your pictures are going to hang. And those kids are going to go into that tent. And I'm getting worked up as I think about it. Those kids are going to go into that tent. And they're going to look at your picture. And they're going to pick you. And they're going to choose you. And then you're going to have this sponsor, sponsee, sponsoring relationship. 
through, through pictures and emails and cards and letters and birthday parties and all of that kind of stuff. And I want to tell you, because my wife and I uh, are now uh, on this journey towards generosity, and we went through this Dave Ramsey uh, Financial Peace University, we've been able to look at this and say, okay, I, 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 what, what are we going to do when, when Chosen comes? So I, I knew it was coming, and I said, so we already sponsored two, <laughs> two kids, probably aren't going to sponsor other kids. You know? And so I took it to my wife, and I said, hey, Allison, wh- what do you think we're going to do? And she looked at me and she said, well, yeah, of course we're going to sponsor a kid. And actually, we can probably do two. And so we did. We sponsored two more kids. And so now we have four sponsor kids that we have all around the world, uh, our kids' ages, and we write them letters and those kind of things. But it allowed us to have these stories that Irene and, and, and Manton and some of our other sponsor kids Uh, we are able to love them and care for them and sponsor them and they chose us and we have a story to tell because rather than hoarding our finances towards ourselves, we said, well, there are kids that don't have clean drinking water and we absolutely need to be a part of that. And so that's what I want to tell you today. The question I want to ask to you is this, when we're talking about this idea of of greed, right? Of having everything can mean having nothing. I think that that was true for this man in the parable that Jesus talks about. Had he just stored up in his barns all of the things, all the grain and all the extra and the abundance would have been a waste of time, energy, and resources. And he's saying, whoa, 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 there's more to this life than that. It's not about hoarding. It's not about uh, bankrupting everyone to have the most stuff, right? That, that statement that he who has the most toys wins is false, folks. It's not about that. The question I want to ask you when we think about generosity versus greed is do you want to have more stories or more stuff? And my guess is, is that you want just like me, to be used by God to have more stories and see life transformation happen all around you. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.com.